guys. Welcome back to the 30-something podcast with Sunny. I'm so grateful that you are here. Super excited about this episode today um, because we are talking about something that every family needs to listen to. Healthy eating, connecting with your kids, and more importantly, teaching them the basics of good body image and self-confidence. Um, it's something that's been on my mind lately um, since I had a post that went viral and it sparked a conversation, I think a much-needed conversation, about the way we tell our kids to relate to their bodies and to relate to the world outside of them when it comes to self-image and confidence. So Dr. Julia Nordgren is a pediatrician. She is also the author of a new cookbook called The New Family Table, where she outlines incredible recipes that are not only delicious, but they're also very easy to make. So we talk all about her new book, why it's so important for kids to start eating healthy early, her experience when it comes to dealing with kids who have dealt with weight issues at a young age, and also just general fun stories about what it's like to chase your dream as a parent and to make your dreams come true. Dr. Julia um, is just a delight to talk to, and I can't wait for you guys to listen to her tips and to dig a little bit further into the book. Again, it's called The New Family Table, and here she is, Dr. Julia Nordgren. All right, guys, welcome back to the 30-something podcast with Sunny. That is me, and I have an incredible guest in studio. It's official. When, when I know, Dr. Julia, when I bring someone into the actual podcast studio that we mean business, because usually I'm locked in my closet hiding from my kids and recording this. <laughs> so it's official. I dragged you into the, to the quiet zone for you this. You did, we're, 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 on, we're on point today. We mean business. Um, okay, so I want to, I was just asking you before we started recording how you want me to introduce you, because you have so many titles and accomplishments to your name. And I want to make sure that we kind of um, hit on everything that you've been doing. So you started out as a pediatrician. Um, right. You are still practicing. I am. During the time, during the term of your practice, though, you took a break to study at where? I did. I took a break from my medical practice and I trained to be a chef at the Culinary Institute of America. Oh, very prestigious. And now you, you just came out with a book. It's called The New Family Table, Cooking More, Eating Together and Staying <laughs> Relatively Sane. <laughs> I like that because you know with kids, it's never really totally sane. It's um, never really perfect either it's not it's not well and that's what your book and I feel like your whole vibe really embraces right you're a mom who's in the trenches with exactly, us exactly exactly you're trying to get everybody to be healthy in your house yes and my um, hardest. I was gonna say how does that work <laughs> tell us a little bit you, you've got two sons yeah I tell have us a little boys. bit about yourself yeah. yeah so I have two boys Andrew and Benjamin they're 14 and 12 and I think you know when we talk about this culinary journey, it was so important to me as I became a new mom to really feed them well. I've always loved to cook, but I didn't grow up with a lot of family dinners. I didn't grow up with a lot of skill. I'm not Italian, although I would like very much to be. You want to be crazy like us? <laughs> I can say that. I do. <laughs> I do. And I want to have some, I want, I would have loved to have grown up on the apron yeah. strings of an Italian grandmother and right. have like gnocchi under my fingernails oh my gosh, as I yes. go to Homemade school. Homemade pasta on Sundays. Yeah. But yeah. That wasn't the, my story. And so, you know, I became a pediatrician and I actually went to medical school specifically to be a pediatrician. I love families. I love kids. And then when I got into practice, I, I tell you, Sunny, we're just struggling so much as a country and we're struggling to raise our kids to enjoy food, to jo enjoy being at the dinner table. Right. And to eat well. Yeah. It really is. It, it's a confluence of all of those challenges, right? Like the time together, number one. The because, time. you know, getting time as a family at a table is difficult. Really hard. And it's also, it's difficult, too, to make, like you said, healthy, quick food. I feel like we, yes. <clears throat> we think... Um, it's going to have to take hours and hours of meal prep and things, right, right. But, but it's not the case. And no. you're kind of bringing that message out. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, you know, when I went to culinary school, of course, when you go to somewhere like the Culinary Institute of America, you're spending all day making 
making these beautiful, elaborate dishes and really getting the basics of, of cooking skills to do beautiful French food. Um, but what I really took away from that is developing skill in the kitchen, mm-hmm. how to chop an onion, how to chop garlic, how to really create flavor. And those things aren't hard. They don't take a lot. It just takes a little practice. Mm-hmm. And it takes not being afraid. Yeah, it does. And I think it's interesting you say it goes back to basics because my mom's, you know, saying, and I think this holds true, and we're we're Italian, like uh, Italian, Italian. <laughs> she always said, I would ask her when I was young, I was like, how do you cook? You know, how do you yeah. make it good? And she said, if you love what you're making and you love who you're making it for, it's going to taste that's good. It, and it's it. about liking to be where you are. But we all have a little, like, anxiety about yes, getting into yes. the kitchen because those basics, even the basic stuff can be challenging. I know, and I'm so glad you said that because I honestly think one of the best things that came out of culinary school is I feel great chopping an onion. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't worry. <laughs> and it's true. So it's not intimidating Wait, to me. Wait, for the record, is it, like, do you, like, slice laterally mm. or vertically? Well, I cut one? it in half first. Like, up and down or, like... Through the middle. Through the middle, okay. Yeah, and then I take the peel off. Yes, okay. And then I do just like I was trained because I've done it a million times now. So I slice it horizontally. Okay. And then I put slices in vertically. And then I cut it so that all of it all of the pieces fall away. Yes, I was going to say, because if you're doing it right, and I don't do it right, yeah. but it, they should all like kind of stay together to the last minute, then it's like, well, a little cascade That's of That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're okay, never always it. perfect, and you've always got some stragglers. I'm always doing it wrong. No, 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 but no. We're getting it done. Yeah. Which is the important part. Onion is beautiful and it's very forgiving. It doesn't have to be in perfect pieces. That is one vegetable that I do always make sure that I have. Because even if I'm making like something for the kids, I have this, um, I call it cheat bolognese because like if my Italian relatives, (laughs) they're rolling over (laughs) in their grave at my recipe. What this is? Oh my Lord. You call it the bolognese. Honey, what are you doing? Horrible. Horrible. (laughs) I use canned sauce. I'm like, oh my gosh, Nana, I'm sorry. Grandma. Grandma. But I do like, even when I make that for them, I always add that onion. In, oh yeah, the I onion's important. When kids are like, when they have flavorful food from the start, they don't they don't get scared to try stuff, right? It, yeah, it, we're kind of building that taste bud. We're we're building them up. Exactly. And so I, I think really when I'm working with a family, and as I was explaining early, most of the children I see really have some nutritional issues. They're not eating well, and I really try to bring it back to the table, right? And not in a way that you are ever making hollandaise sauce for right. your child. <laughs> You're not. It wouldn't need it anyway, no, but no, of course, yeah. you don't need all that. No, it's just about like not being afraid and, right. and taking ownership and really gaining some skill and some confidence so that chopping the onion, no matter how it looks, feels okay and mm-hmm. feels great because the second it hits that pan, mm-hmm. it's going to make your house smell great. Oh, it smells so good. Garlic right? and onion. I'm always sauteing things and it's like... Yeah, oh. and you just start with that mm-hmm. and that's your palate. And you can add smoked paprika and chili oh. powder, make tacos... Like someone in your office did this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you, too. I mean, and, and uh, you just looked over. We have Veronica in, in studio with us, too. Veronica connected us yes, um, by email did. at a time when something that I wrote had gone viral. Yeah, and I feel like we met at a really interesting time because... Really great time. Yeah, what you're doing um, speaks to what my whole piece was about, which is reinforcing good body image. Oh, in our, yeah, yeah. In our kids in general, right? Of but course. In girls especially. And like, yeah. so your message of, of healthy eating just... It's it just came at a, it's good. It's evergreen advice, but it came yes. at a good time. And I feel like a lot of parents are at the stage where I am. So I'm just, I told you this off camera yeah, too, but yeah. like we've got young kids and we're raising girls in a world where they are faced oh, with their the own images, image, right? Yeah. Crazy. Always. Right. Yeah. And, and I think it's really hard too, because they're really bombarded with images oh, that everyone selects. Other people too. Uh-huh. That you weed out. Right. You know, if you take 
12 selfies right. to post, you're going to pick the one where you right. look the best. And absolutely. And as adults, I, f I mean, we have we have the, the presence of mind, right? We can understand the nuance between yeah. a, a filtered photo or a Photoshop. You know, correct. and we can move on with our day and not think twice right. and know, okay, that's probably not real. But our young girls, um, you know, it, it's it's all of our responsibility, I guess, to, to watch our messaging, right? Yes, so what, absolutely. let me ask you a practical way sure. for all the parents out there who are raising young kids, but young girls especially, um, you know, if we want to make sure that they appreciate good, healthy food and that we're not veering too much into the junk food category, how do yeah. we how do we talk about this? Especially if if maybe the girl has a, a weight issue that we need to yeah. keep an eye on because that's who you worked with, right? Exactly, exactly. So a lot of the patients I see, a lot of the kids that I take care of, have just developed and maybe gained some extra weight during their childhood. They could be genetically predisposed. Their environment isn't great, or they're into the their families are in habits that just don't support best health. And mm -hmm. that could be just getting, grabbing takeout, doing school lunch, not, you know, taking time for breakfast. There could be a myriad of things. Mm -hmm. And my job is to just recognize those patterns and to say, hey, wow, it looks like things are going off the tracks a little bit and that your height and weight aren't really at a nice, even, not evenly paced at the moment. Mm -hmm. Let's see what we can do to recapture that and write that next part of the narrative, which is how do you really shift that to become more healthy? And I think when we talk about body image, I really believe that's about a relationship. It's about a relationship with your body and to foster that to be as strong as possible. How do you show your girls, first of all, how you love your own body? Mm -hmm. What does your body do for you? Mm -hmm. What do your legs do for you? What are your arms? Hey, the, I, I love being strong because we can just say, hey, yeah, let's go for a kayak this morning. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's go on a hike. There's so much to do in the world and so much to appreciate when you have a strong body. So saying things to them about how your body works in more oh than God. how it looks, right? Of course. So something I mean, like look what that. your body does for you. Right. It's amazing. And how young is too young to, you never. know. Never. Never. Okay. Never. Give, us, like, give us a script then. Like, say we have <clears throat> younger, I don't know how, how old they are when they have this self-awareness, but let's say like a young four, five, six, seven-year-old. I mean, what are some like sort of one-liners that we can kind of throw in there? Well, I think it's to, it really important to focus on strength mm -hmm. and happiness or joy or like, wow, wasn't this exciting that we were able to do this? Look at how fun it feels when you're biking. God, do you feel that wind in your face? That mm -hmm. feels great. And just to really express the joy of movement and the joy of connectedness that that movement brings you to. I love that. Like making them be present when they're using their bodies and, and appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or like, wow, look at that. Do you remember last month where you couldn't shoot that basket over the hoop? And now look at you go. That's so great. Mm -hmm. Look at how many pull-ups you can do. Yeah. Um, really emphasizing the strength and the accomplishment and the things that you can do that really build confidence and bring people together. Right. And I think that's one thing that we've really missed in terms of um, our athletics Right. You mean like too focused on how many points you're getting or that yeah, kind of stuff or, yeah. and not about the activity itself. Exactly. Right. Or, or too many teams that cut the kids who aren't as good. I'm like, right. what, why cut the kids who aren't good? They need the practice. Right, right. Cut the good kids. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it, the well, there's a whole like subset of people too, like in parenting that are for that. And they're like, listen, if you're not good enough to be on the yeah. team. And, and that's like where you, I'm sure you face some challenges too. Sure. Because in, from the medical standpoint, yes. you do want kids to be active and have a passion for that. You don't want them to be scared away, right? No, I don't want them to be scared away. I don't want them to be disenfranchised. Right, right. From the benefits that come with a team, which right. is a coach, learning how to function, learning mm -hmm. how to operate 
together. I think that's so critical. And so, yeah, I, I completely understand. There's a whole, you know, and I'm from a big sports family. We love sports. We love watching sports. We love playing sports. My kids are fabulous athletes. And so I understand there's a feeling of when you play at a competitive level, you play to win. Right. And that's strategy. That's teamwork. But on the other hand, I think we have to be very careful as a society that that comes at a cost and that comes at not everyone feeling welcome mm-hmm. to try a new sport mm-hmm. when you're 14 years old. Hey, what's lacrosse like? Right. Maybe I should join the track team. Hey, how about swimming? If kids haven't done it for a long time, they don't feel competent and capable. And particularly when kids don't have that positive reinforcement. Right. And if you're a little bit overweight, it doesn't feel good right. to move in that way. Well, let me ask you this then. How would you encourage a younger child who perhaps has a little, is a little hesitant to get involved in an organized sport? Mm. How do you push them to try things without getting them out of that comfort zone? Because yeah. um, as anyone with a young child knows, they can really dig their heels in. Yeah, yeah. But I think actually... I think it's a great thing that you just said. I think it's important to show them how to get out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. because that's challenge and that's progress and that's interest and excitement. I think the first thing that we should do as parents is demonstrate how we get out of our own comfort zones. Right. And it's okay. Yeah. So um, my children are amazing at basketball and they will be the first to tell you that I... um, I'm not very good. (laughs) (laughs) I can't make a basket to save my life, and that's my husband's sport. Neither neither can I. But my kids love to play basketball, and so if I have the opportunity to spend 30 minutes Mm -hmm. with them shooting hoops, I'm going to do that. Love it. Love it. Am I lousy? Yes. <laughs> Would they prefer if I were a little more skilled? All right. Probably. It's going to work on that. You can do the underhand. Well, I still do the, the granny oh yeah, throw, the diaper right? shot. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm excellent at that. Yeah, that's um, like my only hope. <laughs> I, the three-point line, forget it. My husband's like, watch this. I'm like, I can't even. It's like air ball by like well, six feet air ball. It's, it's horrible. I know. It well, it's something look. about that motion that just is, yeah. is really hard to attain. Right. But I still try. Right. And I still laugh at myself. Right. And, and you're getting I, out of your comfort zone in front of them. I don't take myself right. too seriously. Right. I do, on occasion, find it necessary to cheat. I'll just be honest. Um, <laughs> now, you know you're on record saying that. Though. I know. Well, kids well, are going to play this back. Well, I know. But I do say, listen, I gave birth to you. That's I'm right. allowed to double that's dribble. Right. That's, the Trump, that's, right. that's the Trump card, all right? Let me ask you this point blank. Um, we hear a lot of press about this. Is there a weight epidemic with our children in America? Oh, of course. There is. Of course. How bad? Do you have any statistics to, um, to kind of wake yeah, us up here? Yeah, of course. So I have an interesting story for you. So... Well, I think the statistics are for obese children, we're hovering at about 20%, 18 to 20% of That's our children obese. are obese. And the likelihood, Sunny, of being a non-overweight or non-obese adult, if you are obese at age five, is only 50%. Wow. So you're already slashing your odds in half of having half. a healthy lifestyle. So it takes so much work and so much being purposeful and deliberate about arriving at a healthier body mass index right. when you start out wow. young and overweight. Um, the good news is that those rates are stabilizing. Okay. But the bad news is, is the severity of the obesity is worsening. When you say obese, what is the mm. um, what's the definition? 
So obese, the definition of obese is really based on a body mass index. Oh, it's the BMI. Okay. Yeah, of 95%. Okay. Or higher is obese. I just want to tell you a quick story about the severity. Um, I had a girl in sixth grade come to my office. Lovely girl. Beautiful, amazing, sweet, kind she's really struggling. She's over 200 pounds in sixth grade. And so we were talking about school. I'm like, well, tell me, like, what do you love about school? What's great? What's not working? And she actually is a great student. She really likes PE. I'm sorry. She likes school, but she doesn't like PE. She doesn't like going to her gym class. Right. And I was like, of course you don't. Yeah. It's uncomfortable for of her. Course. In front of course. Yeah. Yeah. And to have to... So... I asked her, she really loved swimming, but having to run the mile, having to do various things in front of her peers was really uncomfortable for her and hard for her. I mean, it's hard to imagine what that's like in your joints mm-hmm. running right. at that heavy weight. So I said, well, let's do this. Let me call, if you don't mind, let me call your teacher and let's see if we can craft a program that's really suited for you. Like, I wonder out loud, can you just swim each time? Or mm-hmm. is there something better for your particular body mm-hmm. that I could help you do? And she's like, that would be great. So I called the school and I got on the phone with her PE teacher who was absolutely lovely oh, and totally great. invested. And she said, honestly, Dr. Julia, she's like, we are work so hard to make sure everyone feels included and these kids are not they don't feel embarrassed they don't feel ashamed and she said and i'll tell you she's not alone she's one of six girls in sixth grade over which is girls and boys over 200 pounds wow in sixth grade in sixth grade so to have that high of a proportion of kids who are struggling that much with their weight at a young age that was really shocking to me that she wasn't an outlier right yeah i mean that's shocking to hear and i know you're on the front line seeing this so you're you're you know experience in dealing with this is probably so much more refined i can imagine that it takes you know 10 nice compliments or um, sort of attempts to help people fix things for every hundred negative things that they have to, you know, the the ratio is probably imbalanced. And I can imagine how difficult it is for for parents, too, to see that their child is facing that struggle, not only physically, but but socially, too, right? So you're probably like counseling the parents as well. Of course. I mean, for a girl like that, you know, what's so unfortunate in so many ways is that she's um, not only feels her experience of her own body is different, but how other people treat her is different. I want to I want to dig in on that because um, I hate to make this like a guy girl issue because, you know, hashtag equality and stuff. But (laughs) let's let's be honest. The experience of living as a woman Mm -hmm. and um, what's the word I'm looking for? The 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 experience of of judgment, I guess, and Mm -hmm. and reliance on our images is so much different than a guy. Right. A A man can go through life for the most part and not have as much judgment on the way he looks or comparison to other men. But we live, yeah. it's, that's why it's so difficult for girls because from this high, they're raised in a world that judges them on you know, how strict they can be with their diets mm-hmm. or how they look in this dress. It's like the who wore it best and you know, the yeah, magazines. Yeah, yeah. You, know, the, you wore the same thing, <laughs> who looks better? I mean, it's a completely different experience, right? Yeah. So in, it's very different. The, the, the mental challenges in addition to the physical challenges are just, they're astounding to me and I'm not even in the field. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really see that. And I think the girls really struggle with who have you. Know, so say there's a girl with a different body type than her friend. And mm-hmm. I see this a lot. Yeah. This happens in families. You know, one girl will be or boy will be overweight and the other can eat whatever they want. Right. And this happens in particular. You'll see a girl who's a little bit overweight and a 13 year old boy who's skinny as a rail. Right. And 
seems to eat 3,000 calories or to eat right. junk all day. And that's really challenging. That's really challenging. Um, I do think that girls and boys are both very aware mm. of their image and they're both aware of their experience in their bodies, but there's so much more chatter and noise about appearances for girls. Right. How do we fight that as parents? Like I know you talk too about appreciating what your body yeah. can do and sort of like um, appreciating experiences that you know yeah. your body carries you through this life. Let's like yeah. appreciate it and treat it well. But um, it's hard, I'm sure, for a teenager too, like an older child who like is like, okay, you know, they have the attitude working already <laughs> and they probably don't want to hear. But I don't like, know what you're talking about. Right. What can, what can, yeah, right. As, a, as the mom of two teens. Uh, what, can, what can parents of older kids, like what can they say? say to teenagers yeah to help with body image especially our girls our teenage girls well I think there's I think really exposing it and I think really unpacking it and really looking at things opening a section I mean they're going to be confronted with the fashion do's and don'ts Mm -hmm. what's that about hey let's talk about that right it's interesting what do you think people are looking at what do you think about that Mm -hmm. and having people look at it and examine it so that they can decide is that something that I want to get sucked into. Right. Is that something that matters to me? Yeah. Right. Right. How does that, you know, I often talk to kids in clinic or in my life. Um, I'll, I'll say, so let's talk about, let's talk about weight. Let's talk about health. Let's talk about numbers. Let's talk about what it takes to be a good human. Let's talk about what it takes that. to be kind. Right. And then you, typically when I wrap up and I, I, I mean this very sincerely, I'll say, I really look forward to seeing you next time. Mm-hmm. And if you think that you shouldn't come back because you've gained two pounds or three pounds or 10 pounds, you come back Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to like you any less. I'm also not going to like you anymore. Right. If you've lost 10 pounds. Right. Right. You teach them that self-worth. Yeah. Yeah. That the amount that the kindness and the goodness that you bring to the world is completely independent. That's true. And it takes an adult to, unfortunately it takes an adult to appreciate that. And they're in that fragile state where they just don't. And they're so fragile, but what can you do? You have to just keep use that language and you have to model it for sure. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's important too. Right. It's like banning the words. Like we, we don't use fat in our house ever. Even like, I mean, when we look at the baby, we're like, Oh, look at those chunky little legs kind of deal. But I mean, we try to, um, we're not perfect, obviously, but we do. That's one thing that I, I think is important to, you know, kind of that be the mute space, right? For judgmental talk about yourself. Yeah, exactly. Keep that away from them. I think it's so important for you as a woman raising young kids to honor your body, to Mm -hmm. love how you look and to enjoy your experience in life and that it doesn't... Right. Yeah, it's tie you down. Right, right. And what's interesting too, like a lot of the backlash, I putting this piece out that, you know, body image really isn't a topic in general in our house and you know, having had this experience, putting, exposing that topic and hearing everybody's reaction to it. It was interesting to me that everybody's reaction to that piece was very, um, it was very, very closely aligned with their own experience with their bodies. Right. You know, so there were women who said, I'm glad that this is, we're talking about this because someone called me fat in seventh grade and I've never forgotten it. And as a result, I've thought about every, right. Those experiences are really incredibly painful and they do stick. And I wish that weren't true. And I think what's hard for girls and boys is that you can't unstick the pain of those jabs. Right. It hurts. It hurts. How frequently are you able to, in your practice, turn someone's um, whole experience around, right? Do you stay with them until the weight is lost? Do you work with the parents continually? Like what's the success rate like when they're on an actual, um, you know, a doctor approved kind of plan? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting and I think it differs from, for every patient. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, especially if a kid's 
really going down the road of gaining weight really rapidly. I like to see those kids back sooner. Right. They often do have opportunity to make adjustments that mm-hmm. will translate into good results for them. Right. Small adjustments. Quickly. Right. Right. Okay. So I saw this kid, really overweight young boy, absolutely funny, lovely, enjoyable child. And we had such a great time. Although I was very strict with him about, he was watching way, he was playing way too many hours of video games. Oh my gosh. A day. Is that like the biggest challenge right now? Yeah. Like, do you hate Fortnite and every, every other like game that <laughs> yeah. keeps a kid tethered to the TV? Yeah. It's hard because yeah. they're really, they're, my kids love Fortnite. They're yeah. really designed to be addictive. Oh my gosh. And yeah. And I think they're really causing a tremendous amount of harm on our children's How brains. do you pull your kids away from that? Because that's something you're living right now. Boy. <laughs> Just <laughs> unplug how much the computer. Time do you have? <laughs> I do. I'm very, uh, you know, I feel like in the end, I buy the devices. Right. I pay for the internet connection. This is uh, entertainment. It's a privilege. And it absolutely, you have to everything else is first. Right. And Being do you cap it like person. at a certain, like an yes. hour? What do you, what do you let your boys, cause they're how old again? They're 14 and a half 14 and 12 and, half and 12. Okay. Yeah. So they're at that prime video game age. Yeah. What's your limit? So we, I, they're not allowed to play any video games during the week. Oh, okay. And a lot of the reason for that, Sunny, is it's just too hard to come in and out of it. Right. Even if it's just a half an hour, just to this, they're designed to be so engaging. And I do find like, I have amazing, wonderful children and it makes that it, it it taps into this part of their personality that's really unpleasant when that's interesting when they're I don't want to get off, you know it's hard because what is Fortnite especially they don't want to get off the game if they're halfway through right and so there's it's hard to find a break point right so I just find that I don't want to spend my parenting energy mm-hmm. on negotiating on time off time in the midst of homework, dishes, prep for dinner, right. set the table, all of those other things come first. Right. I love that. I like that idea. It's a very black and white. It's easy black for them white. to understand. So, right. So right. then they're not asking me every Tuesday, hey, I'm done with my homework. Can I play? Right. If they're done with their homework and they, you know, hey, let's play boggle. Let's do a puzzle. Right. Uh, let's read books. Figure something out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, or let's go shoot hoops. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like mentally taking notes because... I mean, already, like, you know, the YouTube videos oh, are already yeah. so, like, addictive They're for my so kids. You know, you, have to, you do have to yeah. shower sometimes, right? So I have to put my <laughs> kids in front of, but it is, you're right. Like, you try to pull the device away, and it's, and that's what? just a video. Yeah, I'm like, I know, oh, yeah, God. it's awful. Whose child are so you? I'll tell you how I structure the weekends. And again, there's certain criteria we've developed, and it's a very living thing. And right. what works for me doesn't necessarily work for other sure. children and families. Um, but I find that we have to set up some very clear and crisp guidelines mm-hmm. and it's just better for kids right. too. So yeah, kids like boundaries. They, 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 boundaries. they may not know they like them, but yes. they like them. They need the them. It's yeah. so important. And I think we really underestimate how much they need to keep it. They need to, the guardrails right, to right, be on it. Right. So um, my kids get typically two hours per weekend day. Okay. Only after they've completed successfully with a good attitude. I love all this. <laughs> What's yeah. called hour of power. Okay. An hour of power is when we all get together as a family and we do chores. Oh, I love this idea. And we do whatever needs to be done. We're like, all right. And we make it, we call it, we make a hop list. Uh-huh. What's happening. Okay. Do beds need to be made? What, you know, does the porch need to be swept? So right. 
part of that is us getting help. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're working professionals. Yeah, you got I'm teenage boys. Sit, <laughs> right, I'm not going to sit and clean nope. the house while they're playing Fortnite. No. Right, right, right. <laughs> I love this. I want to sit and have a cup of coffee and read a magazine mm-hmm. while they play their games right. after we've all cleaned the house together. I love that. And it gives them ownership too, right? Yeah. Because it's, they're living in the house. Well, and it teaches them some important skills, right? Sunny. Like, what does a toilet brush look like? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You don't want to be the parent whose kid doesn't know what a toilet brush looks right. like or what, you know, how to spray how to Windex. Sp- <laughs> how, yeah, exactly. How to Windex. It's so satisfying. I, what, yeah. I, I personally, I love the Zen the zen out moments I can do when I f- when I'm cleaning like I, yeah. lo- I weirdly like I love folding laundry yeah. I don't like putting it away very much but just like it's very meditative and I think when you teach kids that there's we're so hooked into our devices That's and right. worried about this that we forget the pleasure in like using your body yes. to work or it feels good to take care okay of things to yeah. allow for that meditative space and mm-hmm. I love how you put that allow for something that's repetitive mm-hmm. allow for something that's might be perceived as boring right it's okay to wash windows right. and spend a half an hour doing that and zone out yeah I actually spend a lot of time listening when I'm cleaning on my own listening to stories yes or mm-hmm. listening to podcasts mm-hmm. which is great and my kids love music so I don't mind if as they're doing hop they're listening yep. to rap that's I love great it. Yeah, as I love you know, it. I love rap. I know. So Do you want to drop? <laughs> no, I'm drop not gonna, a rhyme. No, I'm not we, gonna. Just a I'm little backstory. <laughs> we went to we went to uh, log on or not log on to get the podcast started. She's like, let me give you a little sound test. You're, it was a really good rap. You're totally off the top of your head. I'm impressed, Doctor Norgren. Why? Thank you. Why, All right, thank you. Let's talk about your wonderful book. I'm gonna show our friends what it looks like because we're on Facebook Live. For anyone who's listening on the podcast, you can check out my Facebook page, um, SunnyAbada.tv, and Doctor Julia Cooks is her Facebook page. But um, we're holding it up. It's called the New Family. You have broken it down into very handy-dandy sections, breakfast, snacks, vegetables, soups, stews, and make-aheads, which are amazing, um, the make-aheads, and then dinner and desserts. Um, Tell us what your whole, like what the overarching theme was here. Was it quick and healthy? What was the thought? Yeah, I mean, I think what I really wanted to do is because, of course, I'm asked in clinic all the time, what do you do? Mm -hmm. What are recipes? And I think if there's anything that I can help communicate to families who are struggling, there is not a diet there is not right. a way of eating. This is yeah. not, for now, restrict this. You know already right. my approach is not remotely restrictive. So do you, just as a quick aside, do sure. you, the low-carb trend, is that a yay or an A in your book? Um, well, any trends typically get an A mm-hmm. because they're trendy. They're trends. <laughs> right? So I think if you want to get the, really the root of what is healthy eating tried and true mm-hmm. over centuries right it's eating more vegetables yeah like more vegetables more fruits whole grains and lean proteins and that's really my simple mantra every day is how are we getting vegetables fruits whole grains and lean proteins into mm-hmm. our diet. The rest takes care of itself. Right. I have to worry about carbs. Carbs right. will find their way. Yes, into they will. <laughs> and I will welcome them with open arms. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a scone will find its way yes. to you. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a good thing. Okay, any favorites? Let's go through breakfast first. I'm yeah. looking here. We have um, the perfect eggs. We have Greek yogurt with cherries and uh, yeah. slivered almonds. Well, I'd like to just touch on, again, not being restrictive, is that I really don't mind sweetening things. Right, okay. What's your sweetener of choice then? Like we make oatmeal Anything. for the kids? Anything. Okay. Sometimes it's brown sugar. Brown sugar, okay. Maple syrup. You know, I'm, I'm oh, yeah. a New England girl, so okay, yeah. love my maple syrup. Honey works for a lot of people. I have agave that I'd use sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but I really am not afraid of sugar. Actually, one of my favorite ways to sweeten my steel-cut oats, for example, is to take an apple, like a green apple right. or a red apple, to dice it, so cut really small, 
sprinkle with cinnamon and sprinkle with sugar. Oh, that sounds incredible. So then I have this beautiful cinnamon sugar apple and that will break down a little bit and macerate. And so it gets a little liquidy and beautiful. Right, right. And then that can go on steel cut oats. It can go on plain yogurt. Yeah. How small do you cube or dice the the I like um, them really small. Okay. So the onion technique. Yes. I do that with my apple. I need to like Google this or YouTube this technique. Yeah. I need to come to your house and we'll do a cooking Uh, class. Yes. (laughs) Yes. If you can handle like three people running around, three tiny people, um, your apple cinnamon muffins look really good. Oh my God. You know the sweetest thing ever is that one of the pediatricians that I work with, um, he bought my book and a couple days later, I come in and there's one of those muffins sitting on my oh, desk. Oh, that's sweet. That's Which amazing. was just so sweet yeah. because really the point of the book, it's not, it has nothing to do for me right. with, you know, book sales and, you know, number one on Amazon, although that would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it's yes, called. and by the way, if you do want to go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's really about that exact thing. It's right. like someone at well, home did that right and it made their day better and i buy it you know i i buy that message from you right because you're a person who's on the front lines oh yeah i'm there you're invested in it right this is not just someone who's like writing a cookbook to oh no make a quick buck i mean like you you understand why this is important that picture that you're looking at now is show that your facebook snacks bridging the gap yeah this is like a it's like a trail mix. I have deal, that right? in my car. Oh, you do? I don't want to be That's starving amazing. when I get home. I, I do actually leave almonds in the car. Yeah. All the time. And I work in clinic and I'm seeing patients. Right. And when I'm there, you can imagine I spend my time with these patients. Oh, yeah. You're probably I don't have a go. break. I don't like, oh, it's lunchtime. Right. Right. You got to bring this stuff. I want to show everybody. And, and again, I'm sorry on the podcast, but we're going to be <laughs> we're giving away well, all of your podcasts. So, um, kale and the kale and white bean stew is one that looked jumped off the page. And then the chicken one. Okay, just, oh, the Brazilian chicken. Yes, and rice the Brazilian soup. chicken and rice soup. OK, this has got to be. Is that like the number one hit? You said this is a favorite in your house. Yeah, right? It's a favorite in my house because, you know, gosh, everybody loves soup. Right. And it's so comforting. And right. it's, that's really my standby soup recipe that I make when the kids are sick or not feeling well, or right. it's just such a great homey everyday it's recipe. It's comforting. Yeah, it's comforting. Right and it's also, you know, I think one of the myths that I like to debunk with uh, families is that it's going to cost more money to eat right. well. No. I, that's you know, not, that's, I'm from New England. Right. That means I'm frugal. <laughs> is that a correlation? <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, yes. Really? Yes, yes. We're very frugal in New England. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yes. And uh, <laughs> and so I really am careful, and especially because I'm right. a New Englander who moved to Silicon Valley, and so the prices oh, yeah. of food are astronomical. I'm sure. And so I'm really, really careful about the proteins that I buy mm-hmm. and that I buy as high quality as I can. Yeah, and let's I make talk them about last. that. Oh, so mm-hmm. do we need to buy organic everything? And when it comes to meats, should we be buying like uh, the grass-fed versus yeah, I think the traditional. I think we could talk a whole other podcast about this, but I think purchasing proteins, it's really, really important to invest in good quality proteins. Okay. So and like it, what kind of, of like a red meat would you get? Like well, a ground, ground meat? Yeah, there's a lot of sustainability issues as well. Yeah. I mean, there's health, but also I think you can't get around for red meat, especially mm-hmm. that um, your choices matter in terms mm-hmm. of how the how it affects the planet. Right. So I'm very careful. I don't eat a lot of red meat. I also see, you know, part of me is I'm a cholesterol specialist. So I'm very clear about really, but I eat everything. So I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not a vegan. That's personally works for me. That Mm -hmm. doesn't work for everyone. Right. Um, But what I do when I buy a protein, like a steak, Mm -hmm. I buy a steak that I know is going to have a lot of flavor. So I have a little bit of marbling in that steak. 
I buy exactly what I need. Right. Nothing more. No. So if I have five ounces per person or six or three, I tell the butcher exactly what I want. Right. He says, do you want me to add more? I say, no, I'm fine. Good. And can you sub out? I found that there are so many things that we were using, like growing up, we would always use like a ground beef or that ground turkey works just as well. Sure. Ground chicken or yeah, those yeah. things. Can, can we sub out oh, most of, course, of those for of like course. a leaner? Yeah. So I use a lot of um, ground poultry Yeah. and the fat content matters. And usually if it needs some moisture, you can add that in with oils like right. olive oil I yes. love using olive oil mm-hmm. so you'll actually notice in my the taco recipe I use you know I think you and I probably grew up on the old El Paso taco kit oh you gosh, know yes <laughs> Bro, I still I may or may not have that in my pantry right now yeah <laughs> and so what I do with tacos it, is yeah. uh, I think that's it there's your oh, cauliflower yeah. tacos and so instead of using ground beef or even ground turkey I use grated cauliflower oh that's interesting because Sunny when that onion and garlic hit the pan going to flavor it that's the same. my canvas yeah then I add in my chili powder I add in smoked paprika and then I've got my beautiful flavor that's what I want in a taco and it does look I mean I'm looking at the picture right now it, it looks just as, like it as hearty familiar. as ever yeah it looks familiar and it's hearty which, as we know with kids matters yeah. how their food looks matters exactly so then I take the cauliflower and you can already buy it pre-grated mm-hmm. which is a great time saver you could also just take a thing of cauliflower and put it on a box grater right. and get your beautiful little delicious doodads Ooh, of cauliflower. Yeah, okay. And then just put that as your onion and garlic are Let's fragrant. Then you put right. your cauliflower in, then add your can of beans, mm-hmm. a can of tomatoes. And that is the most beautiful base to tacos. And it's everything you want your kids to eat. Yeah. And it's, they don't know that they're eating vegetables. And it tastes delicious. Yeah. I need to try that. I want to, um, I do want to talk about your personal story too. Ah. Before you go. There's so <laughs> many things happening here. Um, but like as just sort of wrap up the chat yeah. on the food book and or food, the food book. <laughs> Hello. I'm a professional. The cookbook in particular, um, the recipes uh, for the desserts in the back. Oh, I yes. love this. This is not so like you don't skimp. Like when you treat no. your kids. So there's a Skittles cake in yes, here. The Skittles cake Brownie ice cream sandwiches. Favorite. Yes. I, it's so cute. I just have to read you the caption. Please. It says, Skittles cake <laughs> serves 10 to 12. I can't even pretend to like this cake. <laughs> it is wildly sweet and packed with unhealthy ingredients. But when I say it is my Skittles obsessed son, Ben's birthday, this cake is it. Or but when it is. He really loves it and I love him. So on this day, I abandon every healthful impulse I have and make a cake that rocks his world. That's adorable. Um, and it's like the whole book is full of those like little touches too. Like yeah. I like that we feel like we get to know your family here. Of course, of course. And it's true. Like my son loves Skittles. It's so fun. I know. How do ki- the kids love the sugary things? I'm they like, do. Give me yeah, some they're all banana different. bread or something like yeah. a little heavier. But they they're like all the very sugar. different in terms of how much sugar they love or, or really powers their brain. Right, and right. My, my younger son in particular, he just... It's very powerful for him. They say it's like a drug for a reason, right? He said once when he was very little, he said, Mommy, I think sugar lights up my brain. (laughs) I (laughs) said, yes, it does, honey. My friend, it does. Well, and so I think if I could just touch quickly on, he probably would, given the choice, eat Skittles all day, every day. (laughs) But I'm his parent, and I'm in charge of helping his body grow right. I'm also in charge of the dental bills. Mm -hmm. So for now, under my watch, Mm -hmm. I feed him well, and I feed him healthfully, and I treat him to something absolutely wonderful and delicious when it's time for us to celebrate with food. Right. We celebrate every day with food because it is my job to nourish these kids 
to play basketball, to be alert in school. And I'm not apologetic about that. And these are the foods that work for us and that I know work for human bodies. And it doesn't have to be a snobby thing, like right? Oh People God, are always no. like, I don't, I don't have the time or the money to, no, no, no. you know. I, but really, like you make it approachable. And these ingredients, like you said, cauliflower, um, onion. I mean, they're, it's just the most you can basic use canned of beans. Stuff. It's fine, right? Canned you don't beans, have to like make right. your own beans, right? Can if you want. It, it's very. I, I love the vibe about that book. About this book, it's just very approachable. Yeah, we, we don't it's feel like very this simple is an stuff. It's like thing. how to steam a green bean, right? How to make uh, braised carrots right and if some of your kids don't like cooked carrots set some aside for them raw but don't make those choices between vegetables or something else unhealthy which vegetable do you want tonight do you want this one or Mm -hmm. that one Mm -hmm. what do you choose right and they I, i find that they take the bait I oh, mean, of course. You know, well, that's the choice. So. Right. That you, either that or you don't eat. Yeah. I mean, right. that's very true. And I think you have to really set those expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think parents, for every good intention, get into trouble by offering an unhealthy alternative right. because of their desire to want to nourish their child. But right. over time, that can set up a really bad precedent for your child. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about all the ne- negotiations that take place on a daily basis in our house. And it's like... Sometimes it's good to just take the guesswork out because I don't, I almost don't want to give them another option sometimes right. because I'm like I already have like let you spend yeah. 20 minutes debating between like the purple M&M and yeah. you know, the red and M&M that's and really the hard too because you have three much. kids and so the overlap of what they'll all eat right I, I think of that as a Venn diagram right one <laughs> eats this and one eats this and one eats this and like what's in the middle right so far knock on wood I can I can I can put together a few meals that they will all eat and I know awesome. that are home runs but awesome. it's a work in progress for sure always it never changes before I, I need to talk about your personal journey oh, before we yeah, sign off because go. I love this and this is like beyond you know your specialty which is medicine and and good food um, I love talking about second chapters in life yeah. right and like you are a perfect example mm. of someone who was on a path a, mm-hmm. a very um, successful path and you, you deviated from that yeah. I want to know like about the moment when you knew that you needed to do something differently or additional with your life. Yeah. Well, as I was explaining earlier, I went to a conference called Healthy Kitchens, Healthy Lives. And mm-hmm. this was back in 2008, which is this amazing collection of professionals who are, it's a meeting of the minds of chefs and physicians. So it's, it's completely my soulmate people. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I went to this conference, it was really very clear to me how really what underlies our health mm-hmm. is our food. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to learn to cook well. And, and I you've really been practicing how medicine for how long at this point? Oh my gosh. I don't even know, maybe 15 years. Wow. So, so you go to this and you're completely just like, so I went to this, this conference. Yeah. And I was just, I, I was amazed that this is really, and I, I felt a true connection with these professionals who also, there's so many people in medicine now who really understand the pressures of medicine are to provide quick care, to mm-hmm. provide drugs. Mm-hmm. But I think what the, way we all need to heal ourselves as a society is to connect more, to eat together, to eat joyously, and to not go to this fad, the other fad, to restrict this, restrict that, and how do you weed through all that? If we can get back to the basic principles of healthy food, delicious food, looking at each other mm-hmm. while we're eating. Right. No phones at the table. Yes. Tell jokes. Interact. Interact. You don't, and that's what that's the, what I feel so connected to this message of, you know, you don't need a cheat day when you no. are okay with eating every no. type of food when you want your it. Day is in your moderation. day. Every your day, day is, is an opportunity day. to eat. Right. And but but you but the key though is is what you said. It's that connection that we make with food and it's such it's an emotional experience and people that emotionally eat will tell you that. And, and when you learn growing yes. up that it's a good feeling for family to be together and this food nourishes us that's the real I feel like that's yes. the real kicker well and I had that you know I, I 
I really enjoy knowing how the book and how the recipes have impacted people. And one of the best compliments I got or things that I read was that a mom of young kids made the minestrone soup for her family and her child came home from school. And you can imagine this kid coming home from school and going into this house that smells mm-hmm. like this beautiful soup. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, can I have yeah. some? Uh-huh. They get excited about yeah. that. Yeah, uh-huh. and to feel welcomed into the home um, with a great flavor of healthy food that's so nourishing for mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. And it's that's the love. Like, I'm here for you. Yep. I know what your body needs. Right. And this is how I'm going to make it taste good. Right, right. I love that. I feel like there is such... There's such a relationship between the people making the food and the people eating. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's all to be enjoyed, and that's like the message it's behind this. It's all to which be enjoyed, awesome. and also this is the way we develop trust with our children. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I know you liked the green beans at that restaurant that we went to last night. I tried to recreate that. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Give them voice. Give right. them a thumbs up. Right. Thumbs down. Is it thumbs medium? Right, right. Is it so special that we should wait a really long time before we have it right, again? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, really, just developing that trust and that dialogue with your children that they have palates. Some kids love 97 fruits and vegetables. Some kids love three. Mm-hmm. That is not a measure right. of the content of their character. Right. That is a measure of how many different vegetables they love. They have to eat vegetables. They can eat the same ones all the time. They can eat 96. It doesn't matter. Just as long as but they're getting them. But that you understand right. what their preferences are and that you honor that and you don't make them feel badly about that. That is so. That is such an important message I have for families it's okay if a kid likes four vegetables. Just get those on the plate every day. Just get those four vegetables. Okay, I love that. It's not that hard. Yeah, and it doesn't create this complex, right? No. God, those, you know, if you have a, everyone likes to say a picky eater. If you have what I call an eater with a limited repertoire, shopping is so easy. (laughs) That's actually a really positive way of looking at it. (laughs) You have three or four things. Picky eater. All right, well, we're going to get our three things for the week and you're set. That's it. And I I do want to wrap up with a personal story because I think it's a really important message um, is that, so when I went to that conference, Mm -hmm. I felt in my heart that I really needed to become a trained chef and that I wanted to add that into my experience as a physician and as a parent. Mm -hmm. And so I decided I wanted to go to cooking school somehow. So I started looking at all the schools. There was this accelerated culinary arts program that was what I ended up doing. And But I had a family. And so we talked back and forth and this and that. And what seemed impossible really was just a dream that I had in my heart that I just wanted to do. And I'll never forget this moment that I talked about it for a while and then it didn't work out and this and that. And I remember bringing it up again to my husband. And I said, I, I just want so much to do this and he said then let's take out a piece of paper and write down what it takes to get it done and let's do it and we did and he just really was like if you we're either going to do it or you're going to stop talking about it I love that you, that he supported you in that oh, way because it would be it would have been easy for someone in that position, a co-parent, to be like, okay, no, no way, because we have no, two oh, kids. Oh, I know exactly, and we just made it work. And I can tell you that we approached it like this is a family adventure. Mommy's going to California, and I went on my own. Oh, you went on your own. I went on my How own. How frequently I rented did you get a back studio to visit? About every three weeks, wow. or every, and they came out, and we just looked at the calendar, and so I would fly home, or they would fly here. I would fly home, and I would take a cab right to the soccer field mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> and then I would fall yeah. asleep on my children as we were reading sure because that's then, a time difference too I mean that's uh, for massive. sure so the travel was a lot and not that wouldn't work for every family but I think what was so important is that I have two boys and I a very early life experience was them watching my husband support my dream mm-hmm. 
and value my dream and they all bound together what do we do this is mommy it's something important for mommy I, I I'm so moved by that because it's so hard for self-care and like the pursuit of dreams as yes. a parent especially as a mother yes that it's it's just music to my ears to hear that you know a supportive partner like encouraging you on that and the, the flip side is true too and so that happens in our daily life um, daddy has a late meeting. Let's make sure the kitchen's clean when he gets home. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, for tonight, do you want to be sous chef or do you want to be dish dog? What's your pick? <laughs> <laughs> right? And so we all support each other. Right. You know, daddy's been working really hard lately. Let's do X, Y, and Z for him. Right. He needs a little quiet time. Make sure he gets out on his bike ride. And we, we talk very actively about what our needs are. Right. And I think it's really important for our kids to hear that mm-hmm. and I mean, to yeah, bear witness to that you're mod- I mean just like you said with body image you're modeling that yeah supportive relationship to them and that's that includes everything like yeah. watching them what you them watching you guys support each other I think is the biggest lesson in relationships yeah. for them and so they see me doing things that they see like I did a one of my favorite times was when I played indoor soccer for a little while like I was not my best sport but they loved <laughs> but awesome. I was fast and right. I tried right and I they were on the sidelines. Go mommy. What would you say to someone who has a big dream like you or who mm. feels a calling? Because I have found that yes. many people in, in their professional lives will experience a point in time where they feel called to switch yes. something up or change yeah. it up. What, what's your advice to them? Who well, Maybe who can't like just completely drop and run. Like what are some yeah, I think bits you of can, advice? I mean, I think I had the gift of being able to take that and, and really carve out that time and to dive head first full time, which was challenging, but was really, really invigorating and enriching for me. Right. Um, if you can't do that, parse it down, break it down. I think as a creative person, we also haven't talked, I also am a writer, so I am part of a physician writers group, and we talk a lot about carving that time out and how do you make time um, and really finding little pockets of time and putting guardrails on that and, and protecting it. Okay, this is my writing time. Mm-hmm what would you like to do during my writing time? Would right. you like to? Because it's happening. So, right, figure something out. <laughs> yeah, and I think not apologizing for our creative drives. Being creative and being expressive is part of being human. Right. And that doesn't have to be put on the shelf for o- while other things happen. Mm-hmm. We are creative humans, and that deserves honor and deserves time, and you don't have to apologize. Can I just sneak out to write? Mm-hmm. We're people. We write. We do art. We cook. And we for me, cooking is, thankfully for me, cooking is a part of just unwinding. It's that meditative space. It's that, like, I love that satisfaction. Right. It's it's expression. Yes. Self-expression. And so I think whatever that thing is for you, you don't have to apologize for that mm-hmm. and find a way. Talk openly about that. Wow, I just, part of me is listening to music, mm-hmm. creating music, playing the drums. I don't know what that is for everyone, but understanding yourself and understand having your children understand you as a human, you understanding them. What would you like to spend time doing today? It's funny. I often ask my clinic, because this helps me understand how much kids are connecting at the table. I'll right. say to the children, tell me about your mom. Oh. What does she do? Right. I have and the kids describe their parents. It immediately opens for me. them up. Right. Well, what's amazing is it immediately tells you when kids don't know their parents. Oh, gosh. I, I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and we go through our days just trying to keep, <clears throat> keep schedules and get yeah. to appointments that we forget that, like you said, it's about that connection. It's about that time around the table. It's about yeah. taking time it's to like just... knowing your mom. Right, right. I love... I said that to this one girl. I said, well, tell me, if your mom could do anything she wanted to do all day, 
what would it be? What did she say? She said, go to a rock concert. <laughs> and it was awesome because I, I looked at it. this mom. I never would have imagined that. And oh, I was I like, it. is that right? That's and she's amazing. like, yes. Oh, and yeah. the mother's nodding. And I said, what concert would she most want to go to? And she says, oh, that's tough. She loves so many bands. But I think the most... Foo Fighters. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> but that right. told me that she's, she knows. Right, she knows her mom. Yeah. She knows. And the people who don't know are that I had this one girl, she's 12, she was hilarious. This mom was fascinating. She worked at, she worked Silicon Valley couple. She worked at Amazon. Dad works at Facebook. Really cool, dynamic family. I'm like, right. tell me, does your mom, what does she do? She works at Amazon. Does she like her job? And she said, how would I know? And yeah. I was like, um, oh no! You're you scaring just me. Told me yeah. yeah, I said. Well, you just told me you guys have dinner together. Like right. d- she comes home with a mood, right? With an experience at work that, right? She said, "Well, we sit and eat together, but I have my headphones on, so oh, I don't know." Oh my goodness! <laughs> and the yeah. mother was like, "Oh my god, I had no idea that she didn't know her kid had headphones in." <laughs> no, she knew. Oh, okay. She didn't have any sense of what that yeah. was doing to right. that experience. Right. And you know, you know, and. and it's like we chase convenience as parents. We do need that in some aspects, yeah. right? We're just trying to get through our days. But I love that all everything that you're doing is all about slowing it down for bits of time. Yeah, just bits enough, of time. And enough so to get to know what's on our plate, who's around us, that's all of right. that. And so if that means you working busy during the week, you have right. no time to cook on Wednesdays, prep for yourself on right. Sunday. Just right. take a couple hours. Teach your kid to prep. Right. Any kid can grate cauliflower. Any kid can right. you know, have them practice cutting an onion. Um, I made it just, my kids aren't particularly interested in cooking, but I made it a criteria for getting a phone. Oh, that'll, that'll work. Yeah. yeah. If you want a phone, you have to be able to execute 10 dishes. Right. Well, I have dubbed you an honorary Italian after oh, this conversation well, because you have an appreciation. <laughs> I have to learn how to speak Italian. But seriously, you, I mean, I thank you so much for oh, coming in. Oh, you're so welcome. Everything that you're talking about and writing about is just so vital for this for this time of yeah, our lives. So. It's vital. And I think we really are the guardians of our children's spirits. And if we can show them how to be strong careful intentional human beings mm-hmm. and to be very wary of the messages that we're getting sure. what are people trying to sell us why right. is that then we can foster a sense of confidence and a core value system that is different from what we're being told thank you for coming in and You're letting welcome. me pick your brain again the book is called the new family table we're going to be giving away two copies, and here is how you guys can enter. Um, so after this podcast, just um, leave a comment what your favorite part of the interview was, maybe the recipe that you want to try the most after you heard us mention a few, and uh, follow us on Instagram. My handle is Sunny Abatta, S-O-N-N-I-A-B-A-T-T-A. Tell us your Instagram handle. I am DrJuliaCooks.com, D-R-J-U-L-I-A, Cooks as in the verb. Okay. And um, same on Facebook, too, by the way, if you want to follow her Yeah, there. and I would love to hear what would you like to put on your table? Love what it. are your struggles? What recipes would you like in my next book? I would love to. You know, these books are for you. Love it. Absolutely. Okay, so go check out those accounts. We'll leave the details on how to enter the contest there. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of 30-something, and we will see you next time. All right, guys, how fun was that? Um, I seriously didn't want the interview to, to end, but we had to wrap it up. Um, I do want to encourage you, if you want a shot at winning this cookbook, we briefly talked about this at the end of the podcast, but here's what you're going to do. Go to my latest post on Instagram. It'll be a picture of the cookbook. Leave a comment and tell me what your favorite part of the interview was. And also don't forget to follow Dr. Nordgren. She is Dr. Julia Cooks on Instagram. Follow us both. Leave a comment with your favorite part of the interview and tag a friend. 
then you'll be entered to win. We're going to be giving two of these cookbooks away. And as you heard us talk about, they it's just packed with incredible recipes. So good luck on the contest. Don't forget to follow along on Instagram and Facebook for the very latest. I'm constantly updating um, those sites with our upcoming guests and just important tips and tricks and things that I've learned from all the people that I've interviewed. So definitely follow along at Sunny Abada and Dr. Julia at Dr. Julia Cooks. We will see you on Instagram for the contest. And I will see you next week with more 30-something. See you guys.